0: hey how is everybody doing and welcome back to 125 unfiltered episode 11 I'm very excited to get you this episode today we're gonna to talk about some college basketball real quickly I was unable to upload uh, yesterday for a few for just a couple of reasons number one didn't have too much time and number two the sports news just wasn't that great uh, on Monday night the bills did beat the 49ers 34 to 24 thanks to Josh Allens for touchdowns but Uh, I was sometimes when the sports news from the night before, just isn't that great. Uh, I'm not as passionate about it and some, and sometimes I just might not want to post an episode about it, but that's why I am here today. I am so excited to talk about the UNC game from last night, as well as the Duke game from last night. We're going to talk about those blue devils a little bit, and we're going to talk about if they're really legit or not this year. So regardless, let's hop straight into it. UNC faces off against Iowa last night, and thanks to Iowa's 17 threes, yes, you heard that right, 17 threes, Iowa tops UNC 93-80. to For UNC, Garrison Brooks led the way with 17 points and 8 rebounds, De'Aaron Sharp had 13 points on 5 of 6 shooting and 6 rebounds, he only played about 14 minutes due to foul trouble containing Luka Garza, which we'll get into in a little bit. RJ Davis had 12 points, 8 assists, Caleb Love... Had 11.6 assists. Playtech had 10 points. He made two three-pointers off the bench. That was huge for us. And Leaky Black up, uh, uh, added nine points and nine rebounds. So some really good all-around scoring from the Tar Heels. Now for Iowa, for the Hawkeyes, Luca Garza had 16 points and 14 rebounds, but it took him 20 shots to get there. So that really speaks to the amount of bodies that we threw at Garza with our four really good big men. And and how difficult we made it for him, but that's not why Iowa won this game. Iowa won this game because of three players and their three supporting cast, uh, three, three good supporting cast players around Garza in Bohannon, Wieskamp, and Frederick. Bohannon, twenty-four points, seven of sixteen from three. Wieskamp, nineteen points, five of seven from three, and Frederick, twenty-one points, five of seven from three as well. So between those guys. They were 17 of 30 from three-point range. Their whole team was 17 of 40 from three-point range. So these three guys hit all their threes. But oh my goodness, they were lighting us up last night. And you got to give them credit because Iowa has a really good half-court offense. They're setting up screens, down screens for these shooters. They're pump faking and sidestepping, making UNC jump. They're showing the ball when they're shooting. They're running baseline. These shooters are getting open and because they have such a good player in Luca Garza, clogging the middle, drawing defenders in, he's able to kick it out to these shooters to give them wide open looks. And they came out firing last night. I mean, they were up 22 to nine, like in a blink of an eye. They were making everything And as a UNC fan, sometimes it was like, sometimes there was some bad defense, but there were just times like, oh my goodness, like, what can we do here? They're just making everything. Now, I have to admit, UNC fought back this game. And I have full confidence in this team. This was not a bad loss. Iowa is a better team. They're more experienced. Bohannon, Garza, Wieskamp, I believe, are all seniors Bohannon leads D1 in in games played. This is an experienced team that has played together, that is ready for a national title run. UNC has a team with very young freshmen and only a few upperclassmen with some good experience. This is a young team, and we really pushed Iowa to the edge a little bit last night. We went up 68 to 67 with about six to seven minutes left in the game until Iowa went on another one of the, their mini runs with the three pointers. But we were in this game. Second half, that that was a 7-6 point lead for most of the time until we really cut it to, get, to go up one. But then Iowa, unfortunately, came back. When it comes to Luka Garza, I know he's a good player. And I know he's been averaging 34 points per game until the game last night. But it's just a different game when you're going up against some big guys. I mean, we had Baycott, Garrison Brooks, Kessler, and sharp off the bench. We had four really good big men to throw at Luca Garza. And if you're a team who has those guys to throw at him, he can be compromised. Second half, he was very good, but first half, I'm just gonna say it, he was not good. He was bad. He was really bad. He, they're lucky he's lucky that these Iowa shooters really shot well. Now, why was he bad that first half? We were putting two guys on him. We were making his life tough, getting physical, and I, I liked how we were physical with him because he's a dominating force at times, and he really got his way a little bit in the second half. I believe he went around six for eight in the second half, but uh, it, but his even just his presence gave Iowa's three-point shooters open looks from behind the arc, and just a huge problem that I just saw during the game. Stay in your feet. Why are we jumping? An example, three-pointer and a half by Frederick. Caleb Love comes over. You, you have to see that these three-point shooters aren't going to cut to the basket. They're going to cut and fade to the corner. And that's what Frederick did. Caleb Love lost sight of him in an attempt to save that and recover. He jumps. Frederick pump fakes, sidesteps, which we saw a few times in the game, and nails a shot to go up by 12 at halftime. That's a huge swing right there. In terms of UNC, UNC's three-point shooting, 6 of 15. We shot 40%. That's pretty good. We are not going to be a three-point shooting team. That's just the way it is. We have a couple guys that can make some threes, but this team is going to dominate in the paint and get to the free throw line. Now, in terms of those free throws, 12 of 20, 60%. This is the third game in a row that UNC has failed to capitalize at the free throw line. How many times am I going to see run Sharp or KO of Love, go up to the free throw line and brook a free throw or two. Make your free throws, please. These are free points. We need these, especially against teams like Iowa. You can't be missing eight free throws against Iowa out of 20. You can't be turning the ball over 18 times against Iowa. And with all of that, all the turnovers, the missed free throws, the 17 threes from Iowa, we were still in this game. And that shows a lot about the Star Heel team. This team kept fighting. We went down double digits. We were down, I believe at the most by 14 or 16. This team could have given up. This could have been an absolute blowout. But Roy Williams got the crew together and we fought hard in that second half. We came out strong. We came out aggressive. When we, number one, pressed them and two pushed up the tempo. We made the, uh, Iowa's life a little more difficult than it could than it normally is when they are in the half court. These guards for Iowa, amazing shooters, absolute snipers. But when you make them put the ball on the floor, they're just uh, they're it's just another guard. It's just another guard. They are not guys who can create their own shot by dribbling uh, like several times, like a Matt Coleman again on Texas. These are catch-and-shoot guys who play off of their star center. When we made these guys put the ball on the floor, they were average. Sure, they got a couple cuts to the basket, but they were getting their points from catch-and-shoot threes primarily, running off of the ball, which is good play by them. But it was amazing what happened when once we pressed them, they got uncomfortable. They were making mistakes. They weren't hitting shots that they normally hit for just a little bit, and that allowed us to get back into this game. And that's what I really like from UNC. We up the tempo. We got all, we got at it on fast break. We got a lot of fast break points. Credit to Iowa's somewhat lackadaisical defense, which I, I was not. I, I was not a great defensive team. They're really good offensively, as we saw. But we scored 80 points. That's really good for us. That's a really good sign that we can get out in transition, push the tempo, try to get to the free throw line. But we got still got to hit the free throws. And another thing that I noticed last night is for a little bit, we had a four-guard set with one center and Leaky at the four, and it worked out really well in my opinion. I love that, especially when Garza was out. Get four guards in and get, I believe it was Kessler, but even with Sharp or Garrison Brooks, if we play a little smaller than than we might necessarily not play, or if we play smaller than than we might not normally play, excuse me, we can do some damage. That creates more space in the middle, and we want to get some three-point shots. I know Playtech hit a three, RJ and Caleb Love hit a three in like a span of two or three minutes, and that got us back into that game, and that was the four-guard set, I believe. I could be wrong, could be thinking of the wrong time, but I'm pretty sure that's when it was, and regardless, the four-guard set was really good. I really liked Leaky at the four. I think he can work there, if depending on who our opponent is. But at the end of the day, this is a young team. This is an inexperienced team. This is a backcourt that has a lot to learn and has a lot of room to improve. I mean, R.J. Davis, he was four for eight. He's only taken eight shots. I'd like him to take more shots. Caleb Love hit a three last night. I want him to make these shots. These shots need to go down for him. We need to be patient, especially with these guards. Daron Sharp was fantastic last night. But he got in foul trouble. He committed two really bad fouls in the second half back-to-back. And it sent him to the bench. And we need him out there. Because in only 14 minutes, he had 13 points and 6 rebounds. Like I said. But this is a really encouraging sign for Tar Heel fans. This is not the team from last year. This team did not give up. They kept fighting. And they really pushed this Iowa team. And if Iowa didn't shoot lights out, if we didn't catch them on a good day, who knows, maybe we upset them at their home court. Our next game is against, uh, I believe it's NCCU on the 12th. I'm really excited about that. Really excited to see us back in action. I think we've got a lot of practice time to improve on some things. But we are 3-2. But these two losses aren't to bad teams. Texas and Iowa are more experienced and honestly better basketball teams right now. But we just got to be patient. Let's wait to see how we develop. And once the ACC... Uh, conference play comes around I'm sure we're gonna be at the top because this team looks really good and they have some heart they were fighting they didn't give up and I love that from this team that's why Roy Williams is one of the greatest coaches in college basketball I'll be back in a moment next we're gonna talk about is Duke really it this year I'll be back in a few moments all right we're back on 125 unfiltered we're gonna talk about the Duke Blue Devils and if you think I'm going to come on here and be biased against them, that's not me. But I'm obviously not going to praise them because I'm a Tar Heel fan, but I'm going to give a very honest review of what I think of the Duke Blue Devils right now. Duke lost to Illinois last night, 83-68 to at Cameron Stadium. I watched this game. They were never in it. Ayo Dosunmu is really, really good for Illinois. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists? This guy's really, really good. Coburn, 13-8. I mean, they had seven players with nine or more points. I did not know Illinois was this good. And they showed it last night because they just destroyed Duke on on all phases of the game. And I'm watching Duke, and I'm saying to myself, as a Tar Heel fan, this team doesn't scare me. Honestly. Duke does not scare me this year. And let me tell you why. On the surface. Duke, every year, has one of the top recruits in the nation. Last year, they had Vernon Carey. Two years ago, they had R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Zion Williamson. Years before that, they had guys like Marvin Bagley, Jason Tatum, guys who went on to be top three picks in the NBA. Where is that guy this year for them? Jalen Johnson only had seven points last night. He was three for ten. He doesn't seem like that guy. Matthew Hurt may have had 19 and 7, but he was 0 for 6 from three point range. I thought he was a shooter. The, the Duke does not have a guy who can simply go out, ISO, and get them a bucket like they have in the past. And I think that is their biggest downfall right now because they can play well as a team and all that. But if you don't have a Tatum or an RJ Barrett or a Zion, someone of that nature, even like a Tyus Jones or Jaleel Okafor, they don't have those guys this year. They just simply don't. I just think talent-wise, it's just not that good of a team compared to what Duke puts on display in the past. So now that I got that out, let's get into that game a bit. I'm watching the starting five for Duke. Jordan Goldwire, really strong defender. He gave Dosunmu a little bit of a hard time sometimes. I admit that. But offensively, he is such a non-factor. You're playing four on five with Goldwire on offense. And as a Tar Heel fan, I love it. He can't score. He can't, I mean, two for nine, 0 for three from three-point range, and he's always been this way. I remember him as a freshman playing with Zion. He was a really good spark plug off the bench because he could play defense and lock somebody up. But now that you're the starting point guard of the Duke Blue Devils and you can't create your own shot and put the ball in the hole... For Duke, that's concerning. Non-factor. He is useless on offense. Useless. There's some other good players. DJ Stewart's all right. Uh, Roach had a pretty good game last night. He had 13 points and 7 assists. But I'm just looking at this team, and as a Tar Heel fan, I'm not scared. I think we are way better than this Duke team. I'm more scared of Virginia. I'm more scared of Florida State. They have guys who can really hurt us. They have Sam, Virginia has Sam Hauser. I don't see a Sam Hauser on Duke. So going back to the game as a whole, Duke shoots worse than we do. 5 of 22 from three point range, that's 23%. Free throw line they were 9 of 16, that's 56%. Duke can't shoot. They don't have a guy who can iso and go get a bucket. No shot creator. And they don't have the star that they always have. And we're really going to see how Coach K can really coach. Because we all know, everyone knows Coach K is one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history. We all know it. But I feel like this is the first year he's going to really need to coach. Because this team just doesn't have the talent that it, does, that it normally has in the past. They just don't. It's a fact. UNC played a really competitive game against Texas, and for the most part, a really competitive game against Iowa. I saw no fight in Duke last night. Illinois was up 10 the entire game, from the jump. There was no run from Duke that showed me that, hey, this seems pretty scary. And against Michigan State, it was the same way, until, with, until a minute left in the game where Duke goes on a little run to make the game score look close, when it really wasn't. So when this all comes back, UNC and Duke, the big rivalry, I think UNC can beat this team twice. And I'm very confident saying that. I believe our big men are better. We can really dominate down there defensively. I believe our guards can be better. Goldwire's a really good guy to stick on someone's best player. You can't stick him on Garrison Brooks. And if you want to stick him on Caleb Love, that's fine. Then we'll just let R.J. Davis put in the work. Against us, I feel like Goldwire won't be as effective. And, and the most important question is, this is a big problem for some teams sometimes. Unless you play collectively, like some teams do, it won't matter. But for Duke, who is your best player? Is it Jalen Johnson? Is it Matthew Hurt? I don't know who their best player is. And that's where we get back to the point where they don't have that star guy who can go get his own shot. And that's why I think Duke is not going to be that good this year. I do not have them finishing top three in the ACC. Coach K is really going to have to coach. So that's what I think of Duke this year. That's a very honest review. Am I being harsh on them? Absolutely. I don't like Duke. I'm a Chapel Hill student and fan. I'm a UNC fan. I'm going to be harsh on Duke. But Two years ago, Duke was good. I knew that. Last year, Duke was pretty good. They had some good players. But this year, I just don't see it. I really don't see it. Some other teams in the ACC. The Big Ten ACC Challenge uh, has been going on uh, yesterday and today. Uh, Syracuse lost to Rutgers. Virginia Tech lost to Penn State. Notre Dame lost to Ohio State. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the ACC Plays out. Florida State plays tonight. We'll see Scotty Barnes in action. I believe they're playing Indiana. Yes, they are playing Indiana. The Virginia Michigan State game got canceled because of COVID. Therefore, we will not see the Hauser brothers face off. One at Michigan State, one at Virginia. That would have been a really fun matchup. But when it when we come back to the ACC, we when we come back to the whole grand scheme of things for North Carolina. This team can take the ACC. UVA is always a tough out. I believe they're going to be our toughest competition. I've already said what I said about Duke. Florida State's a really good all-around team. But aside from that, I don't think I'm really missing anyone necessarily. I think it's a great opportunity for UNC. I believe that if we grow the way I believe we can, and these guards mature and get better with their decision-making, and we start knocking down shots at a really good clip, and we get to the line and make our free throws. This team can really do some damage in March. And I'm so excited about this team. I'm so excited with the the fight that we have. Duke did not show that yesterday. And I know Illinois might be a little bit of a different team than Iowa. Because they could really play some defense and they had some really good guards. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the on UNC and Duke from yesterday. And and just for just for a little bit, for a couple more minutes, I'll make this I'll, I'll make this round twenty five. I'll I'll recap some of the NFL games. As I said at the start, the Bills did beat the Niners on Monday night football, thirty four to twenty four. Josh Allen three hundred and seventy five yard, four touchdowns, he's spectacular, really becoming an elite quarterback in the league and the game. That was really hard for a giant fan to watch. Even though we couldn't watch it because it was on, not on or not on national television, the Washington football team beats the Pittsburgh Steelers twenty-three to seventeen. What? Washington beats a good football team. This was out of the blue. I thought Pittsburgh was gonna smack these guys. They were coming off of a of a tough game against Baltimore. I thought they were really gonna fix their mistakes. Tomlin was really hard on his team. But oh my goodness, this is a race now. I thought the Giants were just gonna be able to win a couple more games and, and coast. Because I, I didn't think Washington had it, but I guess they do. I just want to say this out front, though. I don't know if I have more respect for an NFL player than I do for Alex Smith. This guy almost loses his life. Then he almost loses his leg. He works back to get, his, to get back to full strength. And now he's the starting quarterback for the Washington football team that's 5-7 fighting for a playoff spot. And he throws for almost 300 yards against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the best record in the NFL. Kudos to Alex Smith. I mean, he's already got comeback play of the year, but he he might deserve a little more than that because he's not just playing, he's playing well. He's giving this team a, a chance. I know people call him check down Alex Smith, but it's working for him. He's hitting the tight end. He's hitting the running backs Washington's pretty good, I have to admit. This defense is is pretty good. Got a really good defensive line. Got a got a decent secondary. Really, uh, we're really benefited by some of Pittsburgh's drops by their receivers. But can Washington win this division? Definitely. I'm still gonna favor the Giants, though. We have Arizona. We have Cleveland, which is now on Sunday Night Football, which I cannot wait for. Then we have the Ravens and the Cowboys. Washington, I believe, has San Francisco, Seattle, Carolina, and Philadelphia. The Giants do have the tiebreaker over Washington. I believe we need two more wins. I don't see Washington winning three out of their last four, which would mean that they win four out of their last five with the Pittsburgh game. So am I a little concerned as a Giants fan? Thinking that Washington could really take the crown? Yeah, a little bit. They're improving. Ron Rivera's a really good coach, and they've got a good uh, system in place for Alex Smith and the defense. But we control our own destiny at this point. I'm very excited to see us play Arizona. I believe we have a tough task to defend Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. But that'll do it for this episode of 125 unfiltered. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. I really enjoyed talking about the UNC game last night. It was an exciting one, but at the end of the day, we were not able to close the deal against Iowa. But hey, this team's getting better. I'm I, I'm just I so happy college basketball is back. Cannot contain my excitement. And for the Chapel Hill fans out there, hopefully you appreciated my, my Duke review. Because yes, it was harsh. Yes, I'm gonna be hard, uh, negative on them, but that's how I really feel. This UNC team is better than Duke at the moment, and I can say that with confidence. Either way, thank you again for listening, and I will catch you tomorrow on 125 Unfiltered. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.